Welcome to the New Hope Roanoke podcast that follows our live weekend teachings. We are a church bringing hope to the Roanoke Valley. So please take a moment to subscribe or follow this podcast at the end of the message. And for more information, go to newhoperoanoke.com.
good morning. Welcome to New Hope Christian Church. How are we feeling this morning? It's good to have you guys here in the auditorium. We also want to welcome everyone who's online this morning. It's a great day to worship Jesus, right? So we want to invite you, whether you're here or whether you're at home in your living rooms, to stand up with us this morning. Everybody stand up, even at home, stand up in your living rooms. Because we're getting ready to sing that our God is alive. How many of you believe that Jesus is alive, all right? It goes like this, all right? This first part's really easy. Oh, he is alive, he is alive, and we are free. Just sing that with me, come on. Oh, he is alive, he is alive, and we are free. Oh, he is alive, he is alive, and we are free. One more time, sing it. Sing it three times, okay? And each 
each time we're going to get a little bit louder and a little bit louder. Does that sound good? All right, let's do this. The empty grave is singing now. It's shouting out that he is alive. He is alive. And we are free. All right, sing that with me. Come on, church. seat just for a moment. Hey everybody, good morning and welcome to New Hope. Hey man, you guys sounded great this morning. That was a good song to start off with. It's been a long time since we've been able to just rock out to Jesus with each other in this room. So thank you guys for doing that. Hey, good morning and welcome to all of our New Hope family online as well. We are so glad that you guys are tuning in and being a part of everything that is taking place at New Hope Christian Church. We are a church that is all about loving God, loving others, and serving both. And we want to let you guys know that even though we are um, in the midst of quarantine and still trying to uh, social distance, uh, we are finally coming out of that, and groups are about ready to kick off come August. And one of the ways that we love one another is by doing community with one another. And so we want you guys to be on the lookout for your weekly email that's going to come this Wednesday, as well as some more publication that will be coming your way. And we just want to begin planning the scene for you to think about, if you're not connected to one of our amazing life groups, to begin thinking about what would it look like to do life in community with somebody in a group of Christians and fellow believers come this fall. Now, a lot of ministry has continued to take place here and in un- amongst our church uh, throughout all of this quarantine. In many ways, that has been possible because of the continued faithful generosity and the giving of New Hope Christian Church. And we want to remind you guys that you can continue to do this through one of several different ways. You can continue in your online account, you can text to give, you can mail your checks into the office. And for those of us here in the room, uh, if you haven't been with us yet, we have a black offering box in the back of the room, and you can simply drop your offering on the way back in as you leave today. Now, 
Ministry, like I said, has continued to take place, and just within the past week, we have had yet another baptism. A young man named Paxton Daniels, who has become part of our family uh, via dating one of our young ladies here, uh, gave his life to Jesus. And if you'll turn your attention to the screen, you will get to be a part of his baptism right now. What can wash away my sin? What can make me whole again? What can make me white as snow? Nothing but your royal blood. What can heal the heart of stone? What can resurrect these bones? There's no other fount I know. Nothing but your celebrate with Paxton this morning, can we? Amen. I invite you to stand with us this morning. We're going to continue worshiping Jesus. Fill this room, fill your living room with worship this morning. Sing these songs with us.
Father, we mean every single word that we're singing this morning. And right now, Father, we're going to sing that you are worthy of your name. And Father, we mean that you are the King of kings. You're the Lord of lords. You're our Lord and our Savior. And right now, Father, we just continue worshiping you. In your name I pray. Amen.
you to have a seat right now. So I'm only 37, but I've noticed that I tend to forget things a lot worse than I used to when I was in my 20s. I don't know if that ever happened to you guys. Yesterday, I got in the truck with my, my boys, and I was like, man, I don't have my keys. I said, Peyton, run and grab my keys off the hook. Came back 10 minutes later because kids don't ever look very well. And, uh, he said, Dad, I can't find him. I'll get him. So I got out of my truck, started walking around looking for him, and they were hanging on my belt loop. I don't know if you guys have ever been that forgetful or not. But you know, a lot of us tend to have those moments to forget. And the reason Jesus said that whenever we gather together to do this is to remember, because he knows that we are forgetful people. And even though we can come face to face with our living Savior, who is worthy of all praise and fame, we can still forget what he has done for us. And the reason we gather together, yes, we sing songs of prayer to Jesus. Yes, we hear uh, God's word open up and apply to our life. But the reason we gather is to remember what Jesus did for us on the cross. And this morning, we want to encourage you at home to go ahead and get your emblems out. And for those of you here with us, there is a double-stacked communion cup. The first foil will give you your bread. The second foil will give you your juice. And what we are going to do collectively across the valley and in this room together is we're going to pause and we're going to remember that Jesus Christ, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, came to this world, lived a perfect and sinless life, and for you and I went to the cross to save us from sin and death. Let's pray. Jesus, you are good. And because of your act on the cross, we declare you worthy. And in these moments, God, as your people, we pause and we reflect and we remember who you are, what you have done, and how it has changed our lives. May we, right now, go through the rest of this day remembering the amazing sacrifice that you gave upon the cross. And may we, as we pause in this moment, may it carry us through this entire week to remember in every conversation, in every interaction, in every relationship, that we are God's chosen ambassadors because of the work of the cross. And it is in the power of Jesus Christ we pray this this morning. Amen.
Good morning, New Hope. I'm not with you in person today. I'll be with you online worshiping. Uh, our friend Josh Parrish is going to be teaching today. Uh, Josh and his family are a part of our church, and uh, many of you know that Josh is a pastor, church planter, and now he's doing some education things in our community. I'm so excited to hear him share today as we continue in our series, Down to Earth. I'm actually also going to be visiting some other churches in our community. I don't have a chance to do that often because I have a gig every Sunday morning, which I love and uh, being with you. But I'm going to go and learn from some other churches in our area. Uh, their response to the pandemic, their response to the race conversation. I'm really excited to be visiting an African-American church. We just want to have a posture of humility and learning uh, because we need to be the best for God and his glory. We want New Hope to be at her best. And so we are all part of the kingdom of God and we have much to learn. And so I'm excited uh, to take those lessons and best practices and apply them in the future to our ministry context. So I look forward to being with you next week. And for now, uh, let's welcome Josh and give him our attention as he has a word from the Lord today. Well, good morning. I'm so excited to speak again this morning, and I'm glad that you made the decision to worship together with other people this morning, whether you are here together in this room, or uh, maybe you are in the confines of your own home, or wherever you may be, I'm glad that we are being able to worship together here on this Sunday morning. Now, uh, you may have heard over the last few months that we are living in a little unique situation. We are living in a little uh, unique ways here in 2020. And I just thought I would take a few minutes right uh, from the beginning and just address something that I know we're all thinking, uh, something that I don't know if it's been addressed in this uh, last few months from this stage. It's something that is on the forefront of everybody's mind, and that is uh, the clothing choices that we have made during a global pandemic, and especially when you're quarantined in your home and nobody else sees you. That's what you're thinking about this morning when you came in, correct? We're all thinking that. Uh, at home, you're thinking that as well. Uh, that What type of clothing have we chosen over the past four months? I won't ask anybody else to say anything. Uh, I will tell on myself just to let you know a little bit uh, about the way that Josh Parrish thinks. Uh, see, this morning, I have this shirt on, and I would consider a shirt like this a dress shirt. I'm a pretty simple guy. This is as dressy as I get. But this is as dressy as I've been in four months. I was talking to my wife this morning. And I really think this is the first shirt with buttons that I've worn uh, since I have worked, which was the last day that school was in session, and that was March 12th. So it's been a long stretch of me not wearing dress shirts. Instead, I have chosen something glorious. I have this old pair of paint-stained shorts that I've worn a lot. And then I have a collection of t-shirts that are about 25 years old. They're my high school t-shirts, my college t-shirts, and they are glorious together. They go with everything. And I have just lived in such a, a state of wearing that continual outfit. And I tell you, anything that I've needed to do in the past four months, that outfit works perfectly for it. If you're walking the dog, perfect. If you're going grocery shopping, it's perfect. If you're working from home, if you're watching a service at home, it's perfect for all of those things. Yard work, painting rooms, anything, it's worked. And I could tell you that I may never even go back. I don't know what that normal was in my past life, but 
I really like the comfort of these clothes. Now, since we're talking about clothing, I will say everyone here in this room, you've done excellent. What you chose to wear today, you are beautiful, perfect choice. Now, at home, though, uh, you may be wearing something that I've described that I have been wearing for the past four months. So don't judge me because look at what you're wearing right now. In fact, kids at home, if you're sitting next to your parents and they have yet to get dressed, uh, just go ahead and point at them right now and say he's talking to you. He's talking about your outfit right now. Now, believe it or not, there's something in the New Testament about what we wear. And now, I'm joking about clothes, but the Apostle Paul wrote a passage where he's talking about what you wear in a different way. How do you choose to clothe yourself each and every day? This passage is from the book of Colossians. It's a letter that Paul wrote, Colossians 3, and he's a bit more serious than I was, but he words it this way. Paul writes, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you have a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you, and over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. You know, these words of Paul, they're intended to be challenging, that each day we all choose what we want to wear. Maybe it's something that is wrinkled, maybe it's something that is ironed, maybe it's not as clean as something that is freshly cleaned, Uh, maybe it is a high school t-shirt, whatever it may be, but Paul is saying, what if we made the choice to clothe ourselves with compassion, to clothe ourselves with patience, with kindness, with forgiveness, humility, gentleness, and overall love. I mean, can you even imagine if we made this choice each and every day of our life, what an impact we would make on this world, what an impact you would make on those around you if you clothed yourself in these ways. These challenging words are not just Paul's. In fact, uh, many things that Paul teaches in his letters is directly from teachings of Jesus, and this is no exception. You see, like 30 years before Paul wrote this letter, Jesus was teaching this same concept of how we daily live and how infectious we could be to those around us if we chose to live a certain way. Jesus did this by teaching about the kingdom the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God. He used this fra- these two phrases interchangeably, and he loved to talk about the kingdom. And in fact, in our four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Jesus mentions the kingdom 111 times. It's pretty important for him to teach about the kingdom. He would teach about it. He would preach about it. And people would sit and listen to him teach about the kingdom. But it seems like so many times they had a question that maybe you have had as you have studied the words of Jesus in your lifetime. And they came up with this question when he was done teaching, what is the kingdom? It was so obscure to them what the kingdom was all about. Now, if you were a part of service last week or watched at home, wherever you may have been, then Mike was on this stage, Mike Stoller, and he talked a little bit about this as well, what the kingdom of God is all about, what the kingdom of heaven is all about, and that the kingdom 
is not something that's far off. And maybe you were brought up that way, that you were uh, taught as a young child and you've just developed that mindset that the kingdom is when we leave this world, we enter the kingdom of God. But that's not what Jesus taught. Jesus, through the Gospels, through his life of teaching, taught that we are a part of the kingdom now, that the kingdom of God is here and now. When you become a follower of Jesus, you enter into God's kingdom. And that you are a part of this kingdom and your job is to influence others, influence those around you, and to bring them into the kingdom and to teach them this message of love. Jesus taught about the kingdom, telling stories called parables, and we've been focusing on these parables in this series that we are in here at New Hope that's called Down to Earth. And today we have a really short parable, a really short one, just a couple verses long, and we're going to take a look at it through the eyes of two guys, Matthew and Luke, because they both wrote about it in their gospel, but they wrote just a little differently about this parable. And we're going to discuss this as we go through this parable together. So if you want to go ahead and turn, if you have a Bible to Matthew 13, that's where we're going to begin. And we're also going to jump over to Luke 13. So we will take a look at this in both uh, Gospels this morning. First of all, from the book of Matthew. Matthew 13, beginning in 31, we read this. He, meaning Jesus, he told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his field. Though it's the smallest of all seeds, yet when it grows, it is the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree, so that the birds come and perch in its branches. You know, when Matthew heard this parable, and he heard it firsthand, being one of Jesus' 12 original disciples, uh, I feel that he focused on this one word, and that word is size. That when, when Matthew heard Jesus teach this for the first time, he focused on the word size. You see, he says that it's the smallest of all seeds. The mustard seed is the smallest of all seeds. I've seen plenty of seeds in my lifetime, but apparently a mustard seed is very, very, very small. But when it matures, it's this large plant. And Matthew had seen plants like this in his life. Historically, you can read about first century plants in your spare time if you want to. Uh, But there was something known as the black mustard tree. And the black mustard tree or the black mustard plant, it starts very, very, very small. And it grows to about 12 foot high. So here's the smallest seed, but yet it grows large enough for birds to rest in it pretty impressive. The size aspect of this story that Jesus is telling, it impressed Matthew, that here's a small seed that grows into something large. And people in the first century knew of this phenomenon, that something very small could grow up into something very big. So Jesus uses this, and he says, that's exactly what the kingdom is like. That's exactly what the kingdom of God is like, is that it starts small, And it grows and it grows into something large. Now, for you personally, I don't know your background or things that you have gone through, but maybe you could relate to this, that something happened at one point in your life. Maybe it's something you're going through now. Maybe it was decades ago. But 
you would say I could point my finger at this time in life when something small was inside of me, like this seed was planted inside of me. Maybe it was a message that you heard. And just the way that the speaker said something, it really hit you hard. And you knew that the seed started growing inside of you from that point on. Maybe it's something that you went through. It's a circumstance that you had to deal with personally that not everybody else had to deal with. But it was through going through that circumstance or that situation that something was planted in you. And you can't explain it fully but you know something is growing inside of you or has been growing inside of you and maturing. Maybe it's something that you've read and you've read it a dozen times in the past, but you read it on one specific day and the seed took root in you and something started growing and it's getting larger and larger or has got larger and larger in your life. That's what Jesus is saying about the kingdom of God is that sometimes something very small is planted and it continues to grow. It's the size of the seed and the size of the result that's very impressive about this story. And it's a wonderful way to apply this parable, to focus on the size. In Luke's gospel, he writes it just a little bit differently if we look at Luke 13. Same parable, but maybe he thought of it a little bit uh, differently than Matthew. Beginning in verse 18 of Luke 13, it says, Then Jesus asked, What is the kingdom of God like? What shall I compare it to? It's like a mustard seed which a man took and planted in his garden. It grew and became a tree, and the birds of the air perched on its branches. Now, Luke hearing this teaching of Jesus, I believe was impacted by Jesus saying that this guy planted a mustard seed in his own garden. And I think the word that Luke would have focused on when he heard this parable is the word contagious. Contagious. Now, maybe just me saying that word contagious of everything that we are going through, you just kind of, that feeling hits you. Because it's a word that we've heard quite a bit as we are continuing to trudge through 2020 together. But here's what's interesting. Luke was very familiar with this word contagious as well, because we know in the first century, Luke was a physician. So he could tell you what the word contagious meant. He could tell you that some things are spread from person to person, whether it be direct or indirect contact, that this word contagious, he knew what it meant when something was highly contagious. And he took that meaning when Jesus told this parable, because that's exactly what Jesus meant. That a mustard seed, though it's small in size, it's highly contagious. You see, a mustard seed, from what I've read, as it grows, it grows quickly into a weed. And then another weed appears close to where it was planted, and those two weeds kind of intertwine together. And now they're, they're forming this like vine. And then if anything else is planted around them, then it kind of sidles up next to that plant. Maybe it's a flower or a vegetable plant, whatever it may be, and it overtakes that plant as well. And this continues and continues and continues until it forms a trunk to which the mustard seed grows into a tree. A mustard seed takes over everything. And in fact, 
by legend, Jewish law forbid anybody to plant mustard seed because of how dangerous it could be. If you were in a shared garden setting, garden setting and you planted mustard, it would destroy everybody's plants because that's what mustard does. It consumes everything in its path. It influences everything in its path. So Jesus, being the master storyteller, he takes this seed that people don't even, don't even care for because it is, just consumes everything. And he says, that's what the kingdom of God is like. It's contagious. It can consume everything in its path because that is how contagious it is. Once it starts growing, it can't be stopped. So we have these words, size, we have this word contagious, and I want to give us one more word as we wrap up this parable and as we want to challenge ourselves moving into this new week. And that word is ordinary. Ordinary. Jesus' parable tells us that we have something growing inside of us, maybe a small seed that's been growing for decades or uh, just for a week, whatever it may be, that something is growing in us, and it's very contagious. Very, very contagious. And I believe a takeaway from this short parable is also this word, ordinary. Now, nothing is wrong with extraordinary things happening in your life. And hopefully you embrace the extraordinary things in your life when they happen. Hopefully you've had some type of extraordinary happening that you've been able to tell people about. And you've been encouraged through something extraordinary happening in your life. And maybe even this extraordinary thing that's happened in your life, it's given you a platform to say, listen, this is what I've gone through. Let me just share with you about what I've gone through and encourage you in case you ever go through a situation like that. Extraordinary events in life are awesome. In fact, I love personal testimonies. I don't know uh, exactly what month it was, but I know earlier in the spring here, we had a series talking about going through the wilderness, and many of you uh, gave your testimonies, and I loved listening to those testimonies of what you've gone through and what you have learned and how you are moving forward to try to influence others uh, in, in what you have discovered, what God has uh, placed in your heart through your personal experiences. But... I do feel that Jesus knew what many of us would have in common as we go through life, and that is many days are just going to be ordinary. Many weeks are just going to be ordinary. Many months are just going to be ordinary, and that there is nothing wrong with that. You know, when you read through Jesus' parables, many times I think he is saying, listen, don't wait for the extraordinary thing to happen in your life. What are you doing today? What are you doing on your ordinary tomorrow? What are you doing in your ordinary week that you have before you? Because I have done something extraordinary. How are you going to spread that to other people in your ordinary day? And when you read the rest of the New Testament, you even see this in the life of Jesus, that Jesus, just think about this, that here is God in the flesh, he could do any extraordinary thing that he wanted to do. And in the Gospels, we read many times that Jesus chose to do the extraordinary. 
In fact, there's one case where uh, Jesus is a long day of teaching. He's surrounded by people. He, it's getting dark out and people don't have anything to eat. They find a small boy's lunch. And then we read in Matthew 14 that uh, the number of those who ate was about 5,000 men besides women and children. So extraordinary. They did not know what was going to happen. Jesus stepped up and he fed 5,000 plus people with a small boy's lunch. If you go to the next chapter in Matthew 15, we see that Jesus does this again. And there was 4,000 people that were fed, not counting, or 4,000 plus people that were fed. Pretty extraordinary stuff. But... All through Jesus' life, how many times do you read of him simply sitting with someone else and simply sharing a meal with someone else, simply being invited into somebody's house? Ordinary. And I dare say those ordinary times made more of a difference in those people's lives. Another case is from Matthew 14, where Jesus put uh, all of his disciples, all of his friends in a boat and said, go to the middle of the lake. And sure enough, they did. And Matthew tells us in verse uh, 25, shortly after dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. Pretty extraordinary (laughs) that Jesus walked out on the lake to get to the boat where his friends were. Could he do that every time? Sure, he was Jesus. But yet, how many other times we read Jesus simply went on a boat ride with his friends. Pretty ordinary. He simply hung around that body of water, ordinary days hanging out with other people. Could Jesus have done more of the extraordinary? Sure. But he clearly taught that the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, was spread pretty effectively through the ordinary, through people like you, through people like me. So I guess... The challenging question for us is how contagious are we in our ordinary lives? As we begin an ordinary day, as we begin an ordinary week, how contagious are we? What, what's growing inside of you? What seed has been planted in you? And, and how are we allowing that to be contagious to other people? How can we do our part to spread what is growing inside of us, to spread to others, to be able to grow the kingdom of God here on earth? Jesus said, you're a part of the kingdom if you are a follower of him. Now, how do you let that small seed that's in you grow to others, be very contagious, and impact this world in a powerful way? way. Maybe beginning with our ordinary day tomorrow, ordinary week tomorrow, we could take on the words of Paul and that we could clothe ourselves in such a way that we could impact this world, beginning with those around us as we begin this new week. I'm going to say a prayer for us. Father God, we are so grateful for this day and we are so grateful for your challenging word. We're so grateful for uh, stories that relate to us, uh, that stories that, that we can use to just push us forward and make a difference in the lives of other people. And Father, we're so grateful that we get to say that we are a part of your kingdom when we are a follower of Jesus. Father, thank you that 
that we are ordinary, <laughs> that you have done many extraordinary things inside of each one of us, and you are just asking us to do our part as ordinary people to continue to move forward and spread your kingdom here on earth. And I pray that we can take that challenge. I pray that we can uh, take the challenge beginning right now to impact those around us and to be contagious throughout this week. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.